Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Today is the 25th of January, the 25th day of 2021, with the wealth of 340 days ahead of us until 2022. Toward the end of last week, the number of confirmed COVID-19 cases worldwide had topped 97.7 million, amounting to an increase of at least 4.4 million cases globally since the week before. The number of confirmed cases in the United States near the end of this past week bordered on 25 million, an increase of over 1.6 million cases since the week before. Early this past Wednesday, my 93-year-old mother lost her week-and-a-half-long battle with the novel coronavirus. The Bangor Nursing Home, where she had been convalescing with a fractured shoulder, is presently being ravaged by an outbreak in which dozens of residents and dozens of staff have tested positive for the coronavirus. This, despite their first round of vaccinations having occurred on New Year's Eve. Believers will tell us, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. So that on the same morning my mother passed, our newly inaugurated President Joe Biden vowed, help is on the way. And the next day, he signed 10 executive orders designed to jumpstart his national COVID-19 strategies. Elsewhere concerning COVID-19 on the planet, India has been maintaining a distant second place worldwide this past week with 10.7 million confirmed cases of the novel coronavirus. Brazil continues in a relatively close third place worldwide with 8.7 million confirmed cases this past week. Russia remains in fourth place, having about 3.7 million confirmed cases. The UK continues in a close fifth place with 3.6 million cases, and France is not far behind in sixth place with about 3.1 million confirmed cases. Displacing Turkey this past week, Spain moved into seventh place with 2.5 million confirmed cases. Deaths from COVID-19 globally by this past Friday were eclipsing 2.1 million. Meanwhile, on the other side of the pond, total confirmed COVID-19 deaths here in the United States near the end of this past week approached 411,000, an increase of at least 22,000 deaths from the previous week. In other words, nationwide, COVID-19 has been killing on average at least 3,142 United States citizens per day. That's more than two people every minute. One day this past week in the U.S., we lost over 4,000 people to COVID-19. Important to remember is that the United States has only about 4% of the world's population, but we currently have at least 25% of the world's confirmed COVID-19 cases and about 19% of the world's COVID-19 fatalities. So we continue as the number one hotspot for coronavirus deaths on the planet. Beyond doubt, COVID-19 couldn't ask for a better country to inhabit we have proved from the beginning to be the most hospitable to the virus. Elsewhere internationally, second place in COVID fatalities goes again to Brazil, nearing 215,000 deaths from the virus since the beginning of the pandemic. India is again in third place with close to 154,000 deaths, and Mexico remains in fourth place with almost 147,000 coronavirus deaths 
since the beginning of the pandemic. Heavenward, in the eastern sky this evening and tomorrow evening, look for the asterism, or pattern of stars, comprising the winter circle, including, in a clockwise direction, Capella, Aldebaran, Rigel, Sirius, Procyon, Pollux, and Castor. Wednesday night we'll have the full wolf moon, also known as the snow moon, the hunger moon, the Canada goose moon, the center moon, the cold moon, the freeze moon, the frost exploding moon, the hard moon, the severe moon, and the spirit moon. Today in 1890, after 72 days underway, journalist Nellie Bly beat the fictitious journey of Jules Verne's Phileas Fogg around the world by eight days. Today in 1924, in Chamonix, France, the first Winter Olympic Games opened. Today in 1759, in Alloway, Scotland, Robert Burns was born to Agnes Brown Burns and William Burns the head gardener for a wealthy doctor. Young Robbie was one of the couple's seven children, who all helped with their father William decided to become a farmer in 1765. Biographer Ed Morrow tells us that the family's work was endless drudgery, ending in 1784 with bankruptcy and William's death. The children would have been responsible for their father's debts, except they were clever anticipating failure and having themselves legally recognized beforehand as their father's employees. Therefore, his creditors could neither touch their small funds nor make them spend the rest of their lives paying off their father's bills. This allowed Robbie Burns to write poetry featuring rural Scots life and written in Scots vernacular, making him one of the foremost poets of his time, as well as his being considered Scotland's national poet today. Before his early death at age 37, he had composed such works as Sweet Afton, A Red Red Rose, Tam O'Shanter, and Old Lang Syne. Today is also the birthday of playwright, novelist, and short story writer W. Somerset Maugham in 1874, of novelist Virginia Woolf in 1882, of newscaster Edwin Newman, in 1919, of actor Dean Jones in 1935, of writer Gloria Naylor in 1950, and of singer-songwriter Alicia Keys in 1981. For more on Omain, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the sixth official week of winter. <laughs>